Hello, dear listeners. This is a tardy episode. We apologize for that. And it's also an, kind of an odd episode, the first time we've had an episode like this. So um, our intent was to record, and we did actually do the discussion of A Breath of Snow and Ashes, Chapter 5. Once we finished it and went to get the files, we realized that half of the conversation, my half, was simply blank. It, it did not get recorded. And I had Summer's half. So for a number of reasons, we were unfortunately unable to re-record and just do the discussion again, which would have given us a full and complete show. Not maybe long, but full and complete. So since we were not able to, my only option was to take what we had of Summer's and without knowing, because I do have a script, right? I do prepare a script, but without knowing exactly what I said, because I don't just read my script. I make jokes, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. We go off topic. There are tangents, etc. So sometimes as I was reviewing Summer's side, I could tell easily where it fit in. And other times if she was laughing or responding to something, I couldn't because I didn't have my original side. So that's why it's too bad we weren't able to do it. But I've done my best. So what I've done is I've re-recorded my script, basically. This will not be with any banter because it was not able to be done live. So Summers is from a live conversation and my side is from simply the script. And I have put in Summers, the bits of Summers that fit where I could. So that's why it's taken a little bit longer. We apologize for the lateness of this episode, but we are happy to be back and we will be recording our chapter six discussion soon. So thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy this rather short episode. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the stars production or Diana Gabaldon. All views expressed are solely our own. Welcome to the Outlander Podcast, where the men are kilted, the women are winsome, and the whiskey is neat. Welcome to episode 342 of the Outlander Podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Summer, and we are in love with all things Outlander. This episode, we'd like to thank co-producer Megan P., who also happens to be our <laughs> commenter for this episode as well. And now, on to our read-along! And now, Chapter 5, entitled, The Shadows Which Fire Throws. So Ian found his way back to the big house. Roger and Bree have gone off to the McGillivrays to get Jem. Meanwhile, Claire is having her supper, and Jamie and Major McDonald are smoking by the fire. I just want to say that for me personally, omelets are not dinner food. And it's, it's very... <laughs> she says it's her supper. And I understand that we as a society have made eggs a breakfast thing. And... But from... I just can't let the... Like, even when I run out of things to cook, and I've been cooking a lot since COVID, y'all, like three meals a day. Even when I run out of things to cook, and I have a, a bunch of eggs, I and I'm looking for something for dinner, I never think, I'm going to have an omelet. That's easy enough. We'll just have omelets. 
And not even, even breakfast for dinner. If I was doing breakfast for dinner, it would not be an omelet or eggs. It would be pancakes or... Jamie has just told him about the Dutch cabin, uh, McDonald. Jamie thinks it's the same banditi who set upon Ian. The major tells Jamie that he has heard of at least three other incidents. Jamie kind of makes a show of touching and pulling out all of his guns. McDonald compliments him and addresses him as Colonel. Jamie gives him direct eye rather than side eye at this, and the major says he'd heard that it was a homestead some distance from Salem burned down. The Zinza. It's Z-I-N-Z-E-R. Zinza. Homestead. And that it w- and they were German. And then a ferry. The house was robbed and the ferryman killed. And then there was that time when I was in a brothel in Edenton. A girl there told him she'd been stolen. So a girl in the brothel told McDonald she'd been stolen from her home by outlaws. They'd killed her granny and burned their home. He hadn't believed her at the time. He only wanted to get his jollies. So he'd not questioned further. And that's something I, Ginger, have a problem with in this, uh, in this, in this chapter, in this scenario. So McDonald had survived Tryon's resignation and gotten him on the ends, gotten himself on the ends with the new governor. And Jamie is melting lead into balls while the major continues this discussion. So why was the major so set on it being this banditi and that's and that this banditi was made up pre- predominantly of, of Native Americans? That's what the whore in Edenton had said. She had said some of them had been. So How did the girl come into the brothel? She had been sold there. So he was a customer of human trafficking, or he was a customer who benefited from human trafficking. Claire's not a fan of the majors, and she asks him if he remembered her name, this girl's. And he says, quote, In truth, mum, I just call them all Polly. Saves trouble, Ken. Unquote. Megan P. writes, McDonald's story is making me dislike him more than I did Tryon, which is saying something. Is Lord John Gray the only Englishman of his time that isn't a total douche canoe? I mean, they are douche canoes. And I think that uh, Lord John also used to be a douche canoe. He changed because he fell in love with Jamie. So his honor... His red coat honor, if you will, is tempered by knowing and and knowing a prisoner, former Jacobite, right? So because I think he has a, a larger picture of how everything is kind of than he did before he met Jamie. Before it was Jamie, everything was honor, 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 honor. And since Jamie, it's it's gotten a lot more gray. It's less black and white, right? So it's also his last name. So uh, yeah. So I mean, I think that I think that that all comes with knowledge, and the more knowledge you you absorb, the more open your eyes are, and the more you can see. 
So I think that that's why he is a more nuanced, while still honor-bound, because he's still a redcoat, right? Really. He's still on that side. Um, But I think he is a little more open to hearing about the other side of things. Then Mrs. Bug comes in. Young Ian has eaten. Jamie asks her to get Arch and Roger. Megan P. writes, I hope nothing happens to Brianna and Roger on their way to get Jem. The group roaming around seems like a particularly nasty lot. Before they come, though, the Major wants to speak to Jamie about something specific. He asks if the Ridge has room for a few more families. New Scottish immigrants. But Jamie had already heard. He steals a bit of the Major's thunder. These new immigrants don't speak any or hardly any English. And Jamie puts in that they'll likely be fishermen, not crofters. And MacDonald expects Jamie and his family to host them and get them settled and to teach them which end of a cow to milk. Jamie mentions how he can't just protect, clothe, and feed all of these people from zero. And at the word protection, the major goes into another discussion. He mentions he's been tasked by the gov to keep an ear out for things. There are still unpardoned regulators about. Committees of safety. Committees of correspondence. Which are, quote, loose associations of men who write letters to and fro, spreading news and rumor between the colonies, unquote. And Diana writes, quote, it was out of these various committees that the seeds of rebellion would spring, unquote. Claire thinks about the time left before the war. It was now almost April of 1773, so about two years. The major suggests Jamie should lead the committee of safety. Claire goes to check on Ian. Claire thinks, quote, inviting Jamie to set up a committee of safety meant that he would call upon those men who had served under him in the militia, but would commit the governor to nothing in terms of paying or equipping them. And the governor would be clear of any responsibility for their actions since a committee of safety was not an official body, unquote. I think we're all really familiar with the Committee of Safety, all show watchers, which most of our listeners are. (laughs) Megan P. writes, Jamie just can't catch a break with this land he accepted. All these obligations that he must fulfill in payment for his 10,000 acres. Also, this group is really getting around if MacDonald had also heard of them. A safety committee could be a good idea, but just sounds like more danger. Claire goes to Ian and wakes him up and asks him his name. He has a hard time with that, though he can make jokes about her holding up two fingers. And we find out, in case we didn't know or forgot, that Ian was named for Myrta. This would not have worked in the course of the show. Because, you know, everybody knew Myrta. (laughs) They didn't kill him, and everybody knew him. I mean, he still may have that as his middle name. You know, that may still be true, but it... But no one would have to explain it to Claire. After Ian tries to puke and Claire tends to him, he asks her if she thinks he'll ever see his mom again. But he fell back asleep before she could answer. Megan P. writes, Ian missing his mother toward the end of the chapter really has me missing Jenny. I wonder if she will ever make an appearance in the show again. 
I haven't read the books before, so I don't know if we get to see her again. Looking forward to finding out, though. Love this series. I have the answer to that. (laughs) I have a really good idea of what's going to happen with that question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, they can't recast it. They just can't. I just wonder if perhaps Laura Donnelly will find more time in her schedule to come back once if, if the character comes back. So we'll see. I mean, she was very busy for a while there doing Broadway and the, um, West End, well, Broadway's shut down now, but I mean, so is everything. Everything's shut down right now, except you and me. We're not shut down. And that was Chapter 5. Join us next week when we will be discussing Chapter 6, entitled Ambush. So you can find out more about joining our read-along, becoming a contributor at outlanderpod.com snow. You can join us to continue the conversation at our Facebook community, at outlanderpod.com slash group. And as I said at the top, a special thanks to co-producer Megan P and commenter Megan P. To find out more about how you can support us on Patreon, visit outlanderpod.com slash Patreon. And thank you all so much for listening. I know this was a short one. Hopefully this doesn't happen again. Um, If so, we hope to have a different backup. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to our next episode. Thank you to our generous partner, Zencaster, who offers high-fidelity podcasting. Check out Zencaster and use coupon code OUTLANDER20, OUTLANDER20, for 20% off three months or 20% off for a year. Connect with us. Visit our website at outlanderpod.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash outlanderpod. We'd love for you to join our Facebook community at outlanderpod.com slash group. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at outlanderpod.